and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat Reality. I'm Michael. And I'm Molly. And today we are doing a little mid-season catch-up on The Traders Season 2. We are both obsessed with this show. I mean, this is the, I feel like, one of the biggest new reality competition formats that we've had in the last, like, two decades, maybe. Um, so it seems like everybody's talking about this show right now. So we are really excited to delve back into it. We talked about it right after the first three episodes dropped and a lot's happened since then. Uh, so we will, uh, update you all on all of that. But first we have some news to get to from the past week. So starting out, um, Nick Vile and his wife Natalie um, have given birth to their daughter River Rose on February 2nd, so just over a week ago. Molly, I know you are a big Nick Vile fan, so what are your thoughts um, and uh, with them having their first baby together? Yeah, I'm super happy for them. Actually, their wedding is in like a few weeks, I think. They're not officially married yet. They're engaged mm. still. So like their baby is going to be at the wedding, which is kind of cute. But River, she's so cute. I've seen all of the Instagram stories and just like content that they're both sharing out on their platforms and all of the videos and pictures are just so cute. And I just love them. I'm happy for them. So no, no further updates on that that we know of. Basically, just like they just seem very happy and in Have love. Have you seen her. pictures of her yet? Yeah, they've posted a lot with her, um, which like is also an interesting thing because I feel like nowadays some celebrities or people who are in the public eye like don't want to maybe show their baby's faces, but they're really showing a lot of River and like even Natalie answered a question on her. She didn't ask me anything. I really, I really keep in touch. Um, She didn't ask me anything that she was saying. Um, Like someone asked her what are your thoughts on parents who don't want to show their kids? And she was like, I don't care what other parents decide. <laughs> like she was just like, that's their, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I'm doing. Um, so they just, they don't have any, any limitations to what they share. Literally see her every single day. <laughs> the new I picture. Of her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're giving the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Well, very um, happy for them. They're going to be great parents, I'm sure. Um, and excited uh, to see the little River Rose grow up. <laughs> She'll be a really cute kid, I feel like, because both Nick and Natalie are both very attractive. So, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, well, moving into the Housewives universe, um, Candy Burris has announced that she is leaving the Real Housewives of Atlanta after 14 consecutive seasons, which is a record. It's the most consecutive seasons of, of any Real Housewives. There are a couple kind of creeping up on that that could break that record within the next year or two. Um, but as of right this moment, um, she does hold that record. And uh, this was pretty surprising it was on the um it was on the red carpet um at uh the last awards show that i'm forgetting which one that was uh the uh not the emmys um golden globes nope um i'm forgetting whatever the last awards show it's awards show season i'm forgetting which one the most recent one was um but uh the grammys 
Grammys. Oh, oh, like very recent. I didn't know. Yes. If it was not yeah. Recent. No. It was, okay, the, yeah. it was the Grammys. Grammys. Um, and yeah, so she announced on the red carpet kind of unexpectedly. She said that she really didn't plan to announce it then because she hadn't even told her mother yet, wow. and, um, or some of her castmates. Uh, and so got but, another and, big announcement that night. <laughs> yeah. So when she uh, when she was asked about it on the red carpet, she was like, "I, I just didn't want to lie and didn't want to, you know, play coy about it." when she knew that she wasn't coming back and she told the network. And so, um, you know, Atlanta has been off for quite a while, uh, but usually, you know, pretty much right after the reunion airs within the next month, maybe two months after that, they're filming again. And wow. here it was a pretty bad season. Didn't get a great reviews, kind of knew that they were going to retool it in some way, but, you know, after three, four or five months of being off, Candy was just like, I made other, I, 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 you know, have other jobs now. I, I signed on to do other things and um, I got too busy for it. And kind of, it gave me too much time to think about my decision. And she gave her that time to think, do I really want to come back? Uh, and she decided that she didn't, that she had been on long enough. And, um, you know, I, I do think that there's a good possibility that eventually she'll come back because, it seemed like she has a great relationship with the network and with a lot of her castmates. And, you know, I think that this might just be a little bit of a pause for her, but um, it is still going to be a huge, uh, it could be real weird. It's going to leave a big gap. And uh, there's a lot of speculation as to who's going to come back. And uh, recently there was these reports that, uh, that Portia Williams might be returning and that Kenya's coming back. So uh, we don't know. I'm sure in the next few weeks, probably here, we'll we'll hear more about uh, what the cast is going to look like. But um, yeah, that's kind of our, our first big announcement for, for the new season. Wow. Yeah, no, after 14 seasons, that's a long time. It is. So, that'll be interesting to see how that the show continues on without her. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be a big gap. Uh, but uh, I, I think that you know, it's it, sometimes you need a little shakeup like that uh, in order to keep the show going. I think that sometimes when it, a, a cast remains stagnant for too long, I think of Jersey Shore a lot when I think of that, because the cast stayed the exact same for the first, you know, six seasons when it was originally on before Family Vacation. Um, it basically never changed. Only one time did it change in season three. And other than that, it's exactly the same. And people just got tired of the same cast. So there's the same shenanigans, same group, same exact thing. And then it got canceled and went from the biggest show ever to, you know, like just so quickly the viewership declined uh, rapidly. And then years later, they came back and the ratings went back up because people missed it. But then now they've gone so far back down because again, the cast never changed. <laughs> so people just kind of get tired of it. And um, so I think it's good to to let the cat allow the cast makeup to evolve naturally over time. Yeah, for sure. Um, going into back into the bachelor bachelor nation, should say um we have official an official announcement that the golden bachelorette is coming this fall so we all saw the golden bachelor uh last fall that was a huge success and now they have there's been a lot of assumption speculation that there would be a golden bachelorette coming this year but we now officially have that announcement so are you excited for it molly yes i'm really excited because now 
we have like some emotional draws to the people who are on the golden bachelor so i think it will even draw even more people in from like people who watch golden bachelor just because like they were interested in that but now people who especially like like that season want to continue and watching whoever becomes the golden bachelorette their journey into finding love i feel like that's gonna be a success as well so i feel like it could be leslie or joan or kathy like i feel like those three are like or maybe faith like those four are like the people who are the most like talked about that they could be the bachelorette. Um, and I don't really know of those four people who I want the most. I kind of like Leslie um, just because like, I feel like the runner up story is always a good one to have as the next bachelorette or bachelor, whenever that is. But like, I just, I like all of them. So honestly, I would be happy with any of those choices. I feel like Joan would be uh, a fun one. Yeah. Um, or Susan. Oh, yeah. Susan would be fun. She They're has a big good. personality. The I whole cast like. was good. So. Yeah, I know. I know. It's There's a lot of good options with them, which I feel like is kind of the opposite of like most yeah. <laughs> Bachelor seasons lately, where it's like, oh my God, wait, who from this cast could possibly be the Bachelorette? Um, but yeah. this one, I feel like there's so many good options. And I, I like that they they've continued to really like use them for different things. Like we saw them, you know, make an appearance on this season, Joey's season. And obviously a lot of them were there for the golden wedding. And so they've continued to be in the public eye um, a little bit, which, which I think is good and gets people excited leading up to the golden bachelorette. So I'm sure they'll announce it pretty soon. Cause it, I would think is going to start filming within the next couple months um so uh well no i guess if well, it's during the fall what that means like maybe an october start so yeah because i saw summer. like they're gonna film the next regular bachelorette next oh okay because then like when joey season seasons season ends then they'll get the bachelorette from that and then they can have the, the golden bachelorette after that got it got it okay so we have a little time, I guess. They'll probably just announce it like right before filming starts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we will keep you all updated as we hear more on that. Um, and another show that's starting pretty soon here um, is Top Chef Wisconsin. Uh, the 21st season of Top Chef. The first season um, since season two um, without Padma Lakshmi as host. Um, instead, Kristen Kish has taken her place and you know, I know without Padma, a lot of people were kind of worried, like, oh, my God, who could possibly take her place? She's been on there for, you know, 19 seasons. It's a big, it's like Jeff Probst not hosting Survivor uh, or Julie Chen not hosting Big Brother. It's like you can't even imagine the show without them. But from the, you know, and it's only a few minute trailer. It's pretty short. But I think it looks like Kristen, Kristen does a great job um and she seems really comfortable with it and uh when she was announced I think a lot of people were kind of like breathed a sigh of relief like okay she's gonna be really good um as a former winner of the show I always think that that's a good uh person to be like a host or a judge on on the show because they really can relate to what the contestants are going through and and Kristen's great um so that premieres March 20th on Bravo um so yeah I'm really excited for it yeah, I feel like that feels like that date feels like far away, but it's really not. Like it's that's really a month not. away. <laughs> February is the shortest month. 
Yeah. So, so that'll be, be here before, before you know it. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were saying the same thing. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. And then our last story that will very organically lead us into the traders talk um, is a pretty big breaking news from uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um that Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan um, have now officially broken up. Um, now I say officially, they have not announced it themselves, but I think whenever it's on People or Entertainment Weekly, like those really reliable sources who have connections, you know, with Bravo and and these ne- Peacock and these networks, I-, I consider that when they're saying it is fact, it's fact. So they have broken up, which is shocking with how close, I mean, they have a podcast called uh, Separation Anxiety. Like they never leave each other's side. And I mean, there's no sign of trouble that we saw as the public from, you know, either show, The Traders or uh, Miami House. I was like, there was no sign that there was anything going wrong in their relationship, really. So um, that was pretty shocking. And we have the Traders reunion coming up in a few weeks. So allegedly, they're both going to be there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, that's going to be pretty wild to see any, like, from either side of them, if they announce anything, or if they're going to wait to do it and like I don't know the traders reunion is gonna be the place to do that but um I just feel like yeah especially like if they've unfollowed each other and deleted all their photos together like that's the first step that anyone's gonna see that like so easy to tell like when someone's in a in a going through either in a rough patch or breakup like that's the first thing people look to basically is mm-hmm. like oh do they still have them on their Instagram even people who break up sometimes like will leave them up but like if they've deleted all their pictures like yeah that means- they have and they've unfollowed yeah. yeah they've unfollowed each other they've larsa was posting stories like very cryptic stories of like should your friends unfollow your ex like that type of thing like <laughs> yeah it's over <laughs> yeah it's over um it kind of reminds me a bit with the reunion coming up it reminds me a bit of the vanderpump world season nine reunion where uh Raquel and James announced they're uh, calling off their engagement at the reunion. And this hadn't even happened. Like there was no sign that there had been a breakup. They were sitting right next to each other. Producers, I think maybe the producers knew, but uh, the whole cast had no idea until the reunion when they were, Andy was saying hi to them. And then they were like, oh yeah, we have an announcement to make. We've called off our engagement and broken up. (laughs) Like, whoa. They dropped. Uh, yeah so i mean at least here we have some heads up before the reunion films so uh but i i wonder if marcus is going to show up i feel like if only one of them is going to show up it'll be larsa but i i I don't know i mean it's in their contract they have to show up so i mean unless like they are able to get producers to allow him or her not to show up i think they're both going to be there so That'll be quite a reunion. <laughs> yeah, that will be very interesting to see what goes on there. But yeah. we've got to wait until, unless we hear something firm from either side on their socials or an announcement. Yeah. But I feel like they might just. I wait. think they will. I think Larsa at the very, they'll probably post like a joint statement. Yeah. 
that's my guess and it'll be like but it'll be like something like it won't say anything it'll just say like we've decided we're better as best friends and we're gonna continue supporting each other and we love each other and we're just not right and then at the reunion they'll be tearing each other's heads off so (laughs) (laughs) i know that's definitely how it's gonna go down mark Mark michael's words yes well that (laughs) reunion films march 1st um which is a yeah what two fridays from now so um yeah, with a little bit of time but uh then it's gonna air pretty quickly after that i think so um we won't have to wait too long after it's filmed to see it um but now that we've kind of ventured a little bit into the traders world um should we go ahead and and start talking uh delving into traders yes let's do it okay uh so my what are your we're about a little over halfway through the season now um we just uh episode seven is the most recent that we've watched um out of i think it's 11 episodes total so we're more than halfway there uh what are your thoughts on the season so far i think it's a great season as all of you know probably from listening to our last podcast about this we love the traders and the first few episodes really were amazing and it's continuing to be amazing that we're just it's just great. I feel like all around, like we get to see all these previous reality stars that we'd love to watch all come together in this show with like varying different strategies and all the different gameplay and all this stuff that like, it's just such an interesting concept too, that there's always something new or exciting that's happening, which is fun as well. It doesn't feel like there's ever like a stagnant show, like episode of like what's going on. So, I mean, Maybe some, we can talk about that, but like some parts of it might be, but for the most part, it's like a good show and like always entertaining for the whole episode each time. Yeah, I think they're incredible at editing this show and keeping it exciting. And at the end of every episode, you're like, oh my God, I have to wait a whole week to watch this again. (laughs) Because both shows like Survivor, it always ends at the, you know, with someone voted out at Tribal Council. Uh, Big Brother, I feel like it's very formulaic. You know exactly when each when each episode's gonna end and how the next one's gonna start, and you know the format. But with Traders, it's not it doesn't always end at exactly the same place, and it's always kind of a cliffhanger that uh, you know you don't you don't know what's gonna come next, and that keeps it really really exciting. And yeah, I agree with you. I think it's so fun to watch all these people from these different that you know from such different types of shows um and a lot of them have surprised me at least like I think uh some I feel like just naturally you expect the gamers they've been calling them to be better at a show like this but really that's not necessarily been the case you know people who are really good at Big Brother doesn't mean that they're going to be really good at the traders and people who are known for being on The Bachelor or Love Island that you kind of would think would be just kind of hanging around, not really strategizing, have turned out to be some of the biggest players from the season. So I love that. And I think it's so fun to to see everybody in a totally different environment than you're used to seeing them in. Yeah, definitely. It's fun to just like see how like you don't get to see people in that environment like with peter for example like Mm -hmm. for the bachelor like he it's kind of similar like with last season with him and ari of like 
Ari was also very underrated and no one expected him to make it far and then yeah. he ended up being all the way to the end and now it's like kind of similar with Peter now it's like well he's really putting in a good game for himself like I don't know if he can make it all the way but like he is doing really well so far yeah they were both recruited one yeah. took it one didn't but <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they were both recruited around the same time of the season um so yeah kind of going into that a little bit um who would you say for you are the standout players from the season so far yeah well I don't know now I'm like not so sure she can be as much of a standout but I love Parvati um and like I'm worried for her that she might be going home soon but I think she's still a standout like she's, she's still, still been a huge part of the season yeah so oh yeah no I love I love Parvati so I'm I'm rooting for her and like somehow she's still able to stay safe even if people are still speculating her like every week of being a traitor um and so I would say like she's one of my top I also really love Phaedra I feel like she really surprised me this season of like seeing how she was she's able to like build the relationships or she already had existing ones but like with everyone in the house I feel like everyone is liking her and that like obviously goes a long way in being in the house and the traders of just everyone wants to be around you so you don't want to vote them out necessarily um because I feel like when there's one little thing of like annoyance or anything of speculation that can get you out like just someone's facial reaction like you yeah. know like they, they read every single thing so the fact that like she's been able to not even really be speculated besides for when Dan called her out but like like she's not she was not brought up by any of the faithfuls originally so mm -hmm. um until Dan said stuff but after right, that like right. people were thinking it yeah, but yeah. she was able to be really low-key as a traitor which I think is a good like really impo impactful for her like her own game but for the faithfuls I feel like I've really been enjoying seeing Peter in a way that like I didn't expect to like mm -hmm. he's been bringing a lot of entertainment and strategy that like sometimes it is a little bit like okay like maybe you're being a little extra here but it's still like he's he's bringing out the like all he wants like for all of his thoughts and feelings on everything like he's expressing it and that's what we need to see like in a show like reality tv like at least we're getting to see his real emotions and feelings and strategy towards all of this stuff <laughs> yeah he's giving us a split house uh, yeah. as you'd call it on big brother at least you know he's leading the peter's pals as phaedra called it and then you've got uh the well they're calling themselves the leftovers which i can't think of anything except big brother 24 when i hear the leftovers I, know. But <laughs> I guess we don't have a better name for them at this point so i'll call them that um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just love any time anyone is willing to just say, you know what, these are my people, this is my group. And then the other side of the house has at least somebody on it. And we got that with Sandra in this last episode where she said, okay, we all need to band together now because, and then she, with the pool ball. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. <laughs> visualized to them why we all need to stick together. And it was so smart. And, you know, you would think that maybe on a show like Survivor, where they're casting now all these super fans who know the game, 
you wouldn't need to do something like that. They just kind of naturally understand that. And as viewers of so many competition show seasons, we all kind of get that. But it's it's hard to remember sometimes that a lot of these people probably have never seen a show like this before. Like Sheree and MJ, I, I, don't, I don't think they understand how the show works. And so you kind of do need someone like Sandra to really visualize that for them and say, here's why we need the majority because they have this many people. So we need this many people so that we have the votes to get them out. And um, it, it was, that's why Sandra is so good at this, these games, because she yeah. knows things like that. She knows how to talk to these people and tell them what they need to hear to get them to do what she needs them to do. Yeah. And it was funny when she was using like the pool balls, like specify that, like now I'm thinking like, Maybe did she use sticks? So like, you know, like I don't think they have to do that on Survivor as much, but like they can use that to like visualize the math because sometimes I'm yeah. thinking about it when they're showing like conversations that they're having and I'm trying to like think about the numbers. There are some of these guys like, or like girls who are in the show, like they're just able to like talk about it. But I'm like, I don't know if I'd be able to like fully like process all of those numbers in my head like that mm -hmm. like, seeing it all on the pool table actually like helped me too even though i understand yeah, like, the yeah. of it, but i like the visual to it i think also when you're in a game like that though that's all you have to think about yeah so it's like you you don't have your phone you don't have your computer <laughs> like to distract you like all you have is time to think uh so i think when you were there you probably would be able to figure that out without but yeah. i think it's still helpful like it really is still helpful to visualize it and that was really smart of her to do that um but yeah no i mean i agree i think to me phaedra has probably been the biggest standout to me just in terms of like i think that the people who were not familiar with phaedra before this show have become just obsessed with her and i i don't I'm trying to think if there's anyone else on this cast. Like, I think it, it's been so fun to watch, like, you know, Housewives fans meet Dan and Janelle and Parvati and uh, and Sandra for the first time. And for the Survivor Big Brother, you know, the CBS fans to see the Housewives for the first time. But I feel like Phaedra is probably the bis biggest example of somebody who has become just, like, a huge, like, cultural phenomenon for the people who were not aware of her previously. Yeah, she just, you know, her one-liners, her snark, it, it's unmatched on this show. I mean, everything is 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 perfect. And I'm trying to forget the terrible thing that she did on Atlanta to get her fired because I want to be able to fully enjoy her here. <laughs> and I have been. I have. Ignorance is bliss in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been really fun to have uh, Kate Chastain back as well. Um, you know, we uh, saw her come back a couple episodes ago, mid-season. Um, what were your thoughts on Kate returning? Um, there's been, uh, you know, questions of how fair it is to have someone join the game that late. Um, but were you glad overall that that she came in? Yeah, I mean, Kate is also just so funny. Like, whenever I see her confessionals or all the stuff that she comments on even just like out in the competition and challenges of what's going on like she just has like such funny one-liners as well so I think she's fun to watch I feel like she hasn't had as big of a role or at least like they haven't really shown her as yeah. much as in the last season so I haven't really felt like oh like it would be a miss without her coming back because I haven't really felt like they've been showing a ton of her or maybe she's doing that on purpose because she doesn't want it to feel like 
overwhelming that like oh like because she knows so much or like she's been in this scenario before like I feel like she's maybe just trying to lay low to not have it be a target on her back in a way too mm-hmm. or she doesn't really know entirely because she wasn't in the show the whole time like what everything that's gone down is so I feel like it's honestly a little bit unfair to her in a way that she doesn't know what's going on in the whole season because she's showing up late too so I don't know it's interesting just because like she she had that experience before and I do really like her but I don't know if they should continue doing this in the future of like bringing back someone from a previous season mm-hmm. based on like how this one is going but I'm not saying it's like bad I just don't see a net like I don't see the positive necessarily yeah I think I would have been more okay with it and I mean I don't have a huge problem with it because like you know I get it like the show is like what they're focused on rather than the fairness of the game (laughs) um but I I think if she had come in like maybe two rounds earlier like Mm -hmm. around like episode four maybe like you know like drop the first three episodes like let us get introduced like to the new players and the new game dynamic. And because if Kate came in at the very beginning, I think a lot of the focus would have been on Kate being there. So yeah. I think like, give us some time to like get the dynamic going, get introduced to the new cast for people who, you know, aren't aware of a lot of who they are and then drop Kate in like episode four. And then I think that's early enough that the game is still pretty early, pretty new. Like, you know, she's still going to be there for the majority of the time and have to survive for quite a while to make it to the end. But then she's not the focus from the very, very beginning. So I think that would have been a good time to drop her in. But like, I think, what was it, episode six or maybe the end of five when she came in? That felt a little late. Like, it felt like, okay, the game's been going on quite a while now. Like this feels a little bit unfair to me that she gets to skip all these <laughs> first handful of rounds. Yeah. But, for sure. Um, now we had uh, the, so this was right, I think at the end of episode three. So it, we had, when we last talked about the traders, we had seen the murder in plain sight start to occur, which was the poisoned chalice that Parvati had to get somebody to drink. We didn't at the time know who she got to drink it. Now we know at the beginning of episode four that uh, it was revealed that it was Ekin Sue um, that she murdered there. Um, what were your thoughts now that we saw the whole twist play out? What were your thoughts on that twist as a whole? um well first of all like I feel like I also in the episode I did call out that I thought it was gonna be like Sue because I saw that um she had the cup or like that Parvati was like going towards her with the cup um so I was like okay I kind of had an idea going into that that was gonna be her but then it was interesting with how it actually played out in terms of like that it wasn't just the next morning that she had to actually just like walk to her death pretty much and like everyone didn't really know like what who it was like what was going on except the traders obviously knew well actually only Parvati because she well she did tell Dan and Phaedra that morning and they were the first ones in for breakfast but they didn't even know the night before who was coming back or who wasn't they didn't know if she'd gotten anyone to do it yeah 
so that was kind of interesting just because like then they were like unsure and then Phaedra just wasn't very happy about that it seemed like because she like wouldn't have wanted Ekansu to go but also Harvey had really limited time to get someone to drink it and people weren't really accepting it so it felt like I don't know if they should continue that twist just because it was kind of a especially now if like people watch the show like they're gonna know what it is um but like it didn't really seem like a totally fair murder of like because that wasn't Harvey's first choice of getting someone out like she was trying to give it to like a few other people before she gave it to Ekin Sue. So it felt like it was like a okay, you're the only one available right now. Here's the drink to do it. Um, so I didn't love the way that that's how Ekin Sue got murdered. But it was an interesting concept overall just to see like how it would play out. But I feel like it could have been executed a little bit better. So I kind of disagree, actually. I loved this murder in plain sight. I think that, I mean, look, you're right that, you know, it's it's different than a normal murder where, yeah, they get to choose exactly who they murder and that person's gone. You know, they don't have to do anything in order to, to get that done. Yeah. But I think that we've been saying, or I've been saying, I don't know if other people have, that the traders have an pretty big advantage in this game because they don't have to worry about getting murdered. They only have to worry about surviving the banishments and they come in knowing all the information, whereas the faithfuls have to kind of have to figure it out. And so I think that this murder in plain sight is a great way to kind of solve some of the, I would say the small issues that I think the traders has as a format. Um, because I think part of the problem is that, especially in the beginning, there's nothing to for the faithfuls to go off of in terms of who the traitor is. And that's why they kind of keep going on these, like, John's breathing too loudly. <laughs> like, you know, like, these stupid things, because they have nothing else to go off of. Because there's no reason for the uh, traitor to sabotage a challenge. There's no reason for them to really, like, they have to kind of actively be a bad liar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they just kind of act normally, like Phaedra, she doesn't really have to do much of anything in order to not get caught. Like, she just has to act normally. And so I think this is a really good way to kind of make the traitor's game a little bit harder. Because now they have to do it. And I think they they don't always need to do... It's always obviously not going to be a poison chalice. But I think doing something like, I don't know, if you tap someone three times on the shoulder or if you say a certain word to, like a certain sentence or get them to say a certain word or like do something like that where the faithfuls go into the season knowing that these are possibilities so i think if they had every murder be a murder in plain sight but a different thing that they had to get them to do every time or not even every but some of them like maybe say like half of them are murders in plain sight everyone's going to be like so on edge and looking at every little thing like, oh, this person was murdered. Wait, they did this weird thing or someone gave them like this weird long hug or this weird, like they're going to be so paranoid. And I just think that gives them something to go off of and it gives them something to potentially actually figure out that 
would be really smart for them to do without the traders actively having to mess up in order for them to get caught. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, no, I agree with that because it is easy for the traders to just go and kill whoever they want to kill when they usually have their own discussions. Um, and then like seeing the murder in plain sight, like obviously like causes a lot of panic in ways that like they have to really be calm and like when they're doing it, because like, then it would be obvious who is a murderer like of people like oh my gosh like if they're like breathing heavy like maybe john was breathing heavy you know like yeah. if they like they were doing that like they would notice that stuff so like it does make it more of like okay the faithfuls will have more to go off of of it but i feel like that's also part of the show is like because they make it so hard for them that like yeah it might make it too easy yeah it, you know i i don't know it I think, like, I, I've been thinking about this weirdly a lot lately. <laughs> um, but I think that the traders, I don't quite understand why the the goal of the show even necessarily for the faithfuls every week is to eliminate the traders. Because if the traders are just going to keep recruiting people, why would you ever eliminate a trader when you figure out who they are? I feel like you would just keep that information in and know it in the back of your mind and then get to the end and get them out at the last, you know, at the very end when, you know, you just don't let the game end and then you get them out then. Because I feel like it just makes it harder for yourself if you get out somebody you know is a traitor, then now somebody's coming in to be recruited and they might, you know, decline the recruitment. But I don't know. To me, that just, I, I don't know. I think that the show could add a little bit more information for the faithfuls to figure out who the traders are and then give them a little bit more of an incentive to actually want to get out the traders. And I think that would improve the show a little bit format wise to me. But Yeah. No, that makes sense. You should you pitch that to the traders. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like maybe give them like an extra $20,000 in the pot if they get out of trader. It's just like yeah. something a little bit to like get them more incentivized to actually get out the trader. Because I think a lot of people we found out this season, like Janelle figured out Dan right away. Uh, I think Sandra probably knows that Parvati's a trader, but I think they don't want to get them out because there's they're not incentivized to. Yeah, and so and I don't know is that a problem or is it just smart gameplay? I I don't know. I, I you know I, I think that's a just debatable point, but. I think if the goal of the show, if they want the goal of the show to be the faithfuls actually getting out the traders, I think they just need to be incentivized a little more to do that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because then, like, they're just going to still be more unknowns if they get more of them out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my little sand tangent soapbox. <laughs> good, good point there. <laughs> um, what... We talked a little bit about this, but um, overall, what are your thoughts on the gameplay this season versus season one? Because we've seen a lot, a very different type of gameplay. It's a very split house. We didn't really see that last season. Um, what are your thoughts kind of on the overall gameplay this season? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how like Peter is leading that whole side of that house, which is 
interesting just in general because like you wouldn't have expected it to be Peter I feel like in that way um but he was right on about two traders so like he's obviously like has good senses of like who they are and he wants to lead other people who he also believes are all faithfuls which is true all those people are faithfuls um and like helping them also get to getting out the traders so and then the other side of it with like you said like leftovers but we think of big brother but the leftovers are the ones who like aren't part of peter's crew of who we trust the peter pals is what who was it that said that it was pedro funny said pedro said that yeah yeah i love that yeah peter pals better um, than the most faithful of the faithful or whatever they were calling themselves <laughs> before that it's like, yeah too long yeah um but then like that side of the house like they have to band together to then try to get out the peter pals but in general it's just interesting because i mean the people on the other side who aren't in peter pals like they're gonna be banning with the traders and that but they don't really know that um so i don't know it's interesting because i'm i'm interested in seeing how sorry i'm saying interesting a lot i want to see how like this will pan out because obviously the two sides aren't going to stay like that forever like it's like that right now but they're going to start taking i mean traders are going to start taking people out in that group because they don't want them to have the power and vote them out um Mm -hmm. but they also don't want it to be so obvious so i don't know it's interesting just to see like how it's gonna happen like what's gonna happen from it but i think overall gameplay has been interesting to see like in general like i i am enjoying the overall gameplay this season yeah i am too i i think that this is kind of the natural progression of the show is mm-hmm. that it kind of like i was ranting on about before I think the show, as the seasons go on, is going to become less and less, unless they change aspects of the format, it's going to become less and less about trying to get the traders out and more and more about just find kind of more closer to Big Brother gameplay, where it's just about getting the numbers and securing your safety and yeah. and getting people out who you think are going to vote for you in the future, rather than trying to get people out who are actually traders because i think that's a smart way to play it is is just to kind of like figure out who the traders are as much as you can or at least one or two of them kind of keep that in the back pocket and then just reveal that kind of when you feel like you might be in danger and people are calling you out then you kind of go the route of you know releasing that information that you have of who you think the traitor is and why and and trying to get that target off of you, but not just kind of blurting that out the first second that you realize that that person's a traitor if you think that they're somebody who are going to keep you from being killed. You know, I think Janelle, that's really how Janelle played, was that she knew Dan immediately was a traitor, but for the first four weeks, kept quiet about it because it just didn't benefit her to get him out because she knew that he wasn't going to eliminate her that early. He, was, she, he wasn't going to murder her. Or let Phaedra or Parvati do that. And so then when she started to think that she was on the block, then she went after Dan. And, you know, unfortunately that didn't work for her. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of 
that, that we're starting to see the that natural progression. And um, I think it's entertaining. I think I think it's still a very fun show, regardless of, you know, how they're playing it uh, versus season one. I think it's even better than season one by for a lot of reasons. Um, now, right after uh, Janelle was banished, um, the next following episode, we saw Dan's banishment. Um, now, this was a big moment because Dan had this whole speech uh, before his to try to save himself. He tried to do Dan's funeral 2.0 <laughs> and uh, and called out Phaedra, uh, his fellow traitor. Now, I've seen a lot of discourse online about whether it was smart that was the smartest move for him or whether he should have maybe tried to call out Parvati instead. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was definitely like when he was, everyone was speculating Dan already. So it was his last draw just to say like, here's another option of people you could vote for or someone you can vote for. But like everyone knew going into that round table that he was still going home pretty much. Like it was just like, he was just trying to save himself because he had already dug himself in too deep. Like he heard from Peter that like who had, who fake had the shield and like he decided to try to get out Bergie or Bergie because of that, because like that's who we wanted to get out. Cause Bergie was one who speculated Dan. So after that, like it was pretty much known it was Dan as a traitor. Um, and so I think he was trying to save Parvati in that moment just because like, or not save her, but, like, just not voice her because she was already talked about. I think because Phaedra hadn't been talked about at all, like, I think he also wanted to just, like, put some more speculation on that and, like, the way that he voiced it, like, did make sense. But because it was also in the way that he did it with him, like, pretty much, like, going up to die, like, I think then people weren't trusting him in that um because phaedra was able to talk herself out of it obviously of like being like what are you saying um and everyone believed her in that too that it was like oh he was just trying to save himself um well not everyone but most people did believe that it was like yeah. not gonna be phaedra but um in general i just feel like dan was just it didn't didn't benefit him and it also like it was just kind of I I'm surprised he did choose Phaedra though, but I'm not I'm also not totally surprised because he had to choose someone to go after and she hadn't been talked about at all. So at least like get the speculation off of him and like adding it on to someone else could maybe save him, but in that moment it was too late. Yeah, I think he would have had an easier time trying to put the spotlight on Parvati just because people were already suspicious of her too yeah and so I think if he gave was able to like give really good points as to why Parvati they might be more confident about as a traitor than Dan um then I think he could have maybe swayed some people to go that direction with Phaedra the problem is that he's then starting from scratch because nobody's thinking about her so you're having to have changed people's minds so significantly from thinking that she's like 100% a faithful to 100% a traitor, like more than they're already sure of Dan mm -hmm. versus Parvati, where it's like kind of pretty even. And I think some people were already maybe even more suspicious of Parvati than Dan. So I, I think that he would have had a much easier time doing that. But 
I think, and I don't even know if he said this, I've listened to a lot of interviews with him and he hasn't really said this, but this is still my suspicion <laughs> that I think he probably pretty much thought that he was probably going home that night. And so I think him going after Phaedra was maybe even more so a way to protect Parvati in the future than to yeah. protect him that night. Because now if he goes and he's putting spotlight on Parvati, Parvati's pretty much the only one at that point that they're suspicious of versus now, maybe now people are starting to think of Phaedra and then Parvati, you know, might kind of fade a little, be able to fade a little bit more into the background and have the case start to build up against Phaedra more. So that's where I think he was probably, at least a part of him was trying to protect Parvati. Yeah, I agree. Um, So after that banishment, um, that was the first traitor that they got rid of. So then they had the opportunity to recruit. Now, I didn't really realize that that was just a standard thing that every time a traitor's voted out that they have an opportunity, at least up to a certain point, that they have an opportunity to recruit. I know we saw it last season, but I thought I, I didn't really realize that that's like in the rules as like every time. But I guess it is. Um, now they decided on Peter to offer uh, as a recruitment to be a trader. What were your thoughts on that decision? Was that the smartest decision for them? Do you think, or should they have chosen someone else? Um, well, I know like because Parvati was knowing that Peter already knew who he was, so that was in a way to protect herself of knowing that like if he became a trader then he couldn't be going after Carvet anymore because he would want to still be like then changing his loyalties, I guess, to being not getting her out and then trying to sway his, his crew, the Peter's pals to then consider someone else. So I think it was a good idea from Parvati to mm -hmm. suggest to recruit Peter, but also I think she underestimated how, strong he was to just remaining faithful um and not wanting to be a traitor at all and so then it's obviously turned out to kind of bite her in the butt because of that but um I think it was smart to suggest to him but then like now looking back like would have been better off for them to do someone else <laughs> I think yeah, I go back and forth because I, I totally see the logic from Parvati there yeah. where it's like, OK, get your worst enemy and, you know, and basically kind of force them to be attached to you in some way. If your friend's close, but your enemy's <laughs> Exactly, close. exactly. That's a saying or part of that is a, a saying on in the castle, as we yeah. saw in the last challenge. <laughs> uh, oh, it was keep your friends close. Yeah, it was friends closer. Friends. I know, everyone thought it was enemies, though. I know, I would have too, um, yeah. probably. But... Um, yeah, but then I also, like, I wonder if maybe a smarter move would have been somebody like CT or Trishel or, I don't know, maybe Trishel I feel like would have been a good option because she's on their side, like the Peter's pals, but she's not the leader of the group. And so then it's like you have somebody from that alliance mm -hmm. who you can kind of get them to maybe like quietly take the target off of you 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, you can kind of have like a spy within that alliance without having it be like the leader of the alliance who is so hardcore, like faithful and very vocal. Having someone who's a little less vocal, I, I think maybe would have been a more unsuspecting move on their part. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to say because you change one thing, one decision, and then all of a sudden everything's done. It's, 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 it's hard to say, but I think that maybe that would have been a smarter move. Even just to get somebody who you think is going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah, they were very much given that, like, oh, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But they could have gone with someone who was more a certain, like, oh, they probably are going to Yeah. Say. Like, why even if you think that's a possibility why even risk it to you know i i don't know but i mean the same thing happened i guess when, when they went to go try to murder bergy it's like right it's they're like, just going for that the high risk low high reward or but there wasn't wouldn't have even i don't understand what the high reward would have been if if dan got out bergy there what is how is anyone that gonna make anyone think that like it are they gonna think i guess that it's too brazen that like Oh, he's being can claim to be framed. I don't know. I just don't think that I would think that way. Like yeah. I would think, okay, yeah. So it's definitely Dan then. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess he just didn't want Bergie to be another vote for him. I guess in that, but I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, so Peter, they did choose Peter, and then Peter declined. Do you think for Peter that that was the right decision to decline that? I mean, for Peter himself, he's saying yes, but I think in a gameplay, no. Um, I think he would have been a lot better off being able to be the ones making the actual calls and, and saying who's going to get murdered as a traitor. And so he is doing the service for himself by just not accepting it. But he's trying to be all moral and wants to still lead the faithfuls up to getting out the traitor. So he doesn't want to be part of the dark side, basically. Um, well, he's but... so used to being from a show where everybody has to be there for the right reasons. Yep. <laughs> so he's just he's just not able to get out of that into like the all right, maybe I need to be a little bit cutthroat here mindset, mm -hmm. which is fine, but like I think it would be more exciting if he decided to take the traitor. It is so interesting because the comparison with Ari and Peter is so, like, there is so many similarities in their games. Like, Ari is still a year later bitter at Suri for taking him out at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, he was so, you know, moral and, like, you know, playing this faithful game, even though he did accept the recruitment of the traders but even so like he is still so mad at Sari for uh basically being a trader and being a good trader um and then peter here yeah he doesn't accept the recruitment and yeah i just don't it was not smart gameplay wise because he could still play the exact same game as a trader that he's playing as a faithful and he could still get out parvati nobody's stopping him from getting from you know playing against parvati as a trader um but he could still do that and then not have to worry about getting murdered 
Like that takes away half of the stress, half of the elimination possibilities for you. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that gameplay wise, not smart. Now, if he can sleep better at night, I guess, then, you know, whatever. But <laughs> um, now this last episode, so we, you know, we saw him decline the recruitment and then we had another twist um, where there was no banishment at in episode seven. And instead, they all went into the forest and had to basically do a safety chain where the five who were not chosen were the only people eligible to be murdered that night. Um, what did you think of this twist? Uh, were you a fan of it or upset that we didn't get a banishment? Yeah, I wasn't that happy about the twist i feel like it would have been better to just have the banishment and especially now like there's so few people they can banish from which is gonna be interesting to see who they decide to choose of the few people that are left mm -hmm. um but i felt like the circle of trust was kind of unnecessary in a way of like it just I don't know what the main point of it was like they maybe they wanted to cause some drama like with that obviously did with ct and um wait what's her name i'm blanking on it trisha um, yeah i knew it was t trish trisha and ct so it caused some drama there just because now trisha is not safe right um because ct decided not to choose her even though they've been friends and like he, she thought he would choose her because she would have yeah they well i don't i wouldn't say they've been friends but they've known each other for each other. 20 years yeah yeah so she she was just hurt on a personal level not necessarily yeah. like in the game level but she was hurt on just the personal level that he didn't choose her but also it was like you could see who chose each other and seeing who's trusting one another which mm -hmm. can draw those more of those alliances which we kind of already see those um but it doesn't seem like it was necessary for the traders to like do like for for this show like it, it didn't really feel like it added so much to it yeah i agree i was not a fan of this i think it's we were setting up such an exciting banishment such an exciting round table where you had peter's pals versus the leftovers peter versus parvati who was going to win? And it really kind of seemed like it was maybe turning in favor of Parvati and that Peter was going to go. I mean, if the, you know, the leftovers stuck together going into that banishment, Peter would have been out. And that would have been so exciting because I don't think Peter would have suspected it. Yeah. And that would have made for a really exciting roundtable, no matter which way it went. I think it, it was really setting up to be super exciting. And it would have been kind of our first really like, pretty split one Mindset. all season yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I think that and it was such a shame that it had to be this week that we got that um and I don't know there's been a lot of speculation like were the producers maybe scared that Peter was gonna go home and then that would have kind of like set up for maybe a less exciting back half of the season if you know it, it I, I don't I, I don't know if they were kind of pulled an audible and decided to get rid of this banishment to kind of keep the season the split house going I, I don't know 
I, I can't speculate as to, uh, you know, what the producers were were doing, whether this was planned before the season started or whether this was a last minute thing. Um, that would be very big brother of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of it, it a little bit reminiscent of like zombie week on this last season of Big Brother, where it was just a week of nothingness that was so bad on Big Brother. We were just set up for like two full three weeks where it was like nothing was happening and this wasn't as bad as that like it was still a pretty good episode at least the first half of it you know where we got the the sandra pool table moment and we got the excitement like leading up thinking there was a banishment it was a great episode up until that point yeah um and there was some drama still from the trishelle and ct and um it was a you know a touching moment with Sheree and Phaedra and um so there were some good moments to come out of it but I still think that it really kind of it it killed the momentum for a bit of the uh excitement that would have been led up to this round table yeah no I really wanted to see the conversations related to Peter being speculated to be voted out or just like not spe- but like potentially being voted out in that episode but now we'll have to just wait and see if that will happen or because it does that is funny that you're saying like producers could have just been like we need to save peter <laughs> and then do this now which i hadn't really thought about that but like that is a possibility that could have happened we don't know the behind the scenes um but yeah it- and you know to a certain extent i know that they are subject to like you know game show laws of fairness and whatever so like you know I, I I don't know how much they even would be able to do something like that and you know this required a little bit of setup at least so they you know they couldn't have just like in that moment decided to do this like they still needed to set up the fire and the whatever like you know in the forest so there was some sort of planning ahead of time for this but I just wish they would trust the players trust their format it's such a good format and great cast like just just go hands off for them and i say that with like they they only had 11 episodes like it's not like big brother had a 99 day season and they had to do zombie week because they just needed something to fill that time um and the challenge 39 had a similar thing this season where they had three weeks in a row where nobody went home and it was like four weeks i think even maybe um it was crazy a full month they had 16 players for like a full month it was crazy um and this was not that bad still like you know I'll repeat this was still you know gave us a decent episode (laughs) and next week hopefully we'll you know be back to normal with a murder and a banishment and we'll get back on track but um I, I just still think that they did not need to do this. And we've already, I know they couldn't have predicted that we were going to lose, you know, there wasn't going to be a murder. We didn't have a, a successful recruitment. We didn't have a murder the week before because, uh, you know, Bergie had the shield. So we have, we've in the last three weeks only lost two players, whereas normally we would lose six. So that is a big <laughs> difference there. They could not have predicted that. But because of that, it just kind of made it even more egregious that like, oh my God, we are still, it feels like we're going really slowly here and losing people. 
Um, which maybe, you know, look, it's a great castle. I'm not complaining that we have more time with all of them, but um, uh, I think we need to keep the season moving. Yeah, like um, when we were talking about how like many episodes we have left, I was like, but there's still so many people. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're still 12 people. Um, and yeah, we only have three more, four more episodes after this. So, uh, yeah, I wonder how they're going to do that exactly with the ending, whether um, I can't do math this quickly, but um, I know a lot, normally I think there's five to start the finale. So, okay. You need to get up seven. <laughs> so seven people need to go in the next, which uh, that could happen. They might have to do a double murder. Yeah. Okay. I think they could, they could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess this leads us into predictions uh, for the rest of the season. What, what are your thoughts on uh, who's going to make it to the end? Do we think the traders are going to win or the faithful's going to win? What do you think? Well, I think Phaedra will make it to the end of the traders. I don't think Harvardy will. <laughs> um, based upon all speculation she's getting already and her and Peter are really going at it. So I don't know how long that's going to last. I feel like both of them are going to go pretty soon. Um, but I don't know who else. I, I mean, for sure, I think Phaedra is going to, everyone trusts her right now. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to turn on her. Um, but if anyone does, like, it's definitely going to be, um, who, who was it again? Who said that? Was it Trishel? who kind of suspected Phaedra. Yeah, yeah Trishel. Yeah, so I think Trishel, yeah, Trishel is really smart. I think Trishel is going to make it far. Or she might get she might get murdered because then Phaedra's going to hear her talking about her name. Um, but I'm also rooting for Sandra. I think mm -hmm. she has ability to make it far. Um, and kate i feel like is gonna be fine because like no one speculates her she got in late like people don't really care that she's there honestly <laughs> like, um like they like having her around mm -hmm. um i feel like kevin might be going soon i feel like i don't know if people really like him that much um but i feel like i, I didn't go through everyone because i can't go through everyone who's no, 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 the general consensus of those of my like yeah prediction. yeah I, I agree with, with I think, pretty much everything you said. Um, I, I think that I could see, right now, if I had to pick one winner pick, I think it's Sandra. I think Sandra is yeah. playing a really, really great game, and nobody's suspecting her of being a traitor. And I think that she has Parvati kind of protecting her. I think Parvati would be okay with Sandra going, but now that they've made up and they have history, like, I think that it would be somewhat unlikely, in my opinion, that Parvati would murder Sandra if she yeah. had, you know, unless Phaedra was really pushing it, um, which I don't think she would. So I think that Sandra's in a really good position to make it to the end. Um, I think, yeah, I think Kate, I see making it to the end. Um, MJ, it, if MJ, yeah, and I don't think they're gonna murder MJ this in this week. I I feel like probably the most likely to go right now, like the next murder at the beginning of this next episode, I think is 
probably Bergy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I think, yeah, I think that MJ could make it to the end. And yeah, I think Trishel is probably pretty likely to make it to the end. Maybe CT. Yeah. I don't see CT going anytime soon. Um, yeah. John's I also been surprisingly good. Who? Sorry. John. I know. Yeah. But I think John's going to be a murderer at some point. Just yeah, like I think a so casualty of, of a murder. Um, I think like Sheree, John, and Kevin, I just see kind of falling by the wayside at some point before yeah. the end because um, they're just kind of easy murders probably although Sheree I don't think I don't know that Phaedra would murder Sheree um mm-hmm. so maybe Sheree does make it to the end then because I don't see her being a round table vote no. that would be a waste yeah. um I'm not sure Sheree knows that she's on the show still I think <laughs> But <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I think those are those are my picks to make it to the end. But yeah. uh, we will see. Um, we have just a few more weeks here, and then the reunion. We'll see whether Larsa and Marcus both show up. That'll be kind of crazy to to see. Um, I think that's yeah, that's filming March first. So we have just uh, about two and a half weeks till then. So um, I'm very excited for that and. I'm sure when the season comes to a close, we'll do, you know, a postseason review of that. So until then, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your predictions and uh, and what you think is uh, we're going to see for the next few weeks here. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we will uh, be back next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.